Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Women's Fittest. Sarah Ford Bishop is back here with me today, and we we aren't myth-busting, but we are going to talk about, well, I just did a podcast that went up a couple of days ago talking about healthy food relationships, which got Sarah and me talking about our own journeys, which, Sarah, I, I do kind of want you to recap a little bit of yours in just a second, but... We also are going to talk about, as we're going into the holidays, um, navigating the holidays and how to make the most of them and how not to be super food focused. And I think it all just kind of ties together. So um, I think it'll be a good episode. I know tons of women who struggle with their food relationships, and I don't think people can get enough of this topic. So for starters, I know I've had you on the podcast to interview you and do your whole story, but I mean, mm-hmm. you have a huge history if you want to <laughs> tell a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. But yeah, I mean, for me too, the holidays always make me kind of remember my history a little bit more too, just because they were so hard. It, like it was just so much inner turmoil and inner stress, like this time of year when I was really, really struggling. So just kind of briefly kind of recapping, I got diagnosed with anorexia when I was 14 um, and struggled off and on more on than off for about six years, six or seven years, um, something like that. And yeah, I mean, holidays were always like a time where it was just a lot of um, conflict between like me and like my mom, especially about like how much or how little I was going to eat and, you know, a lot of foods being, you know, fear foods for me and just holidays in my head, you know, being so much about the food and pressure to eat and pressure to, you know, like what, what Sarah eating and stuff like that. And it, it was looking back and part of my recovery was realizing like a lot of these thoughts were in my head and people didn't really give a fuck about what I was doing. And, um, you know, I was, you know, I was, I felt out of control, but I really wasn't out of control and kind of realizing some of those things were really big and giving, getting over my own fears of food, my own fears of eating more, gaining weight, et cetera, were all a part of it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was kind of my story. And I mean, I would say I started my, my real recovery when I was about like 20, 20, 21, something like that. And 27 now. So I've had a lot of holidays since. And it's just like almost like every year, I feel like I get a little bit more stronger in my own recovery and own relationship with food. Because like we were talking about, it's not like, oh, I just decided to recover one day and it's all fine and dandy. And that was kind of what my post was about was that it's an ever evolving journey. And you're not just gonna wake up one day and like be fixed or, or healed um, and, and that's okay. Right. So it's about like giving yourself some, yourself some grace while you keep continue moving forward and seeing those areas for growth. Yeah. Like, it makes me cry to think about because it's, it's exactly like what we, um, I connected with you because you made an Instagram post and I was like this, I was thinking about this too, because I went through, sorry, I went through like Thanksgiving, just thinking like, it's, it's, you think about who you were and how much you struggled with the holidays and like, yeah, fear foods is absolutely it. Like, these aren't things that I'm going to eat. What are people going to say? And 
I'm glad that you touched on that as well, because a lot of that narrative is what is going on in our heads. And I mean, we can say this about anything. People worry about what other people think of them, but most people are worried about themselves and they're not thinking about you. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's just a good reminder as well, but just, I had the same like moment after Thanksgiving that I was just like, gosh, I remember just being so worried about these situations and how I was going to handle it and what people were going to think. And to th- looking back is so beautiful because you can really see how far you've come. You're just like, I'm not even that person anymore. And it's wild that I don't have those intrusive thoughts and, and everything else. So it was, it was so funny that we were on the same page. Like, I felt like this is the most, the most healed that I have ever been going into this season. And for me, I always would think, okay, I'm just going to do the best I can through the holidays. And then January and back on track. Like I still was in a mindset of like starting in January type of a person, even if it wasn't like, oh, I have 50 pounds to lose or whatever it is. Like a lot of people are when they're saying starting in January. So to be like, I'm in a good spot and every day I just do the best I can. And then we progress. It's not like those um, those seasons or like the diet starts Monday type of mindset. It's like, I'm just living every day according to my goals and doing the best that I can. Right. Yeah. It's, it's being more present, right. It's so huge because, and it sounds like you too, but like for myself, like I, I always struggled with more, more so anxiety, um, in general. And then like about these days and anxiety is very much living in the future and projecting what's going to happen in the future. And you just really, it's so cliche, but you really do miss out on the now and being present. And, you know, you stress so much, or I stress so much about, you know, this handful of days in a 40 day span, you know, when we think about Thanksgiving, the new year's and I, I missed out on, you know, the memories because, you know, I was so, I was stressed about these days and then the day came and the day ended and it went so damn fast. And, you know, what did I have to say for it or show for it? You know, and I feel like, you know, like this Thanksgiving, like, I mean, it was just fun and like good memories and laughs and, you know, stuff like that. And this was um, my, in my post on whatever it was Saturday that I, I posted was this was the first Thanksgiving, you know, since I can remember that I didn't open my fitness pal at all and didn't track anything about the day. So like not my meals outside of the meal, the meal itself. And for me, like that was like a really big final piece of control that I had to completely let go of. And I knew that deep down, but I just kept like conveniently putting it off because oh, I can track. Oh, it doesn't bother me to track. Oh, if I just track this one thing, it doesn't matter. But I think in the back of my mind, I knew it was just like a little bit of control that didn't need to be there. Um, so that was like what this year really was for me, uh, was, was practicing that. Yeah. And when you, and that was a part of my first podcast that I I didn't really talk about was this whole, like, I think it is important to learn how to track. And I want to say too, for reference, I mean, you are in the thick of it still with, um, you know, 
like I'm living more the bodybuilding lifestyle. My goals are not super specific. I'm not going to step on stage again, but you have plans to step on stage. And so this is why it was like for you, you could have been like, oh, well, I need to keep tracking because I'm still prepping to get ready for a show. But being able to have that, you know, just say, you know what, this is one day and I know how to do this and I don't have to document it um, is, right. is huge. But I, I do think, you know, initially when people are trying to heal or have a healthy food relationship, um, reading food labels and learning how to track and doing that, like you have to know all that stuff first before you go into, or as well as before you you know, practicing untracked meals and not tracking them is totally fine. You can do that intermittently as practice, but knowing what you're being intuitive about, and I think combined with um, listening to your body and biofeedback are two things that are really important with um, with healing that relationship. So like, I don't want to say tracking food is bad, or that's like an element of control, because I think it has a ton of value when you have that knowledge, you can Totally. I think, and and yeah, that's a good point. Cause like for me, it was too much control, but it not, isn't necessarily too much control. It's all about, I think the mindset, the occasion where you're at with it, how, how new you are to it. But I was just talking to a client about that today, actually, like we were talking about how like she is in a place where she's almost able to ebb and flow out of tracking, not tracking, depending on the life season and you know, we just got off a couple of weeks of not tracking and being more quote unquote intuitive. And now we're going into another three weeks of like, you know, Hey, before traveling for Christmas, let's track a little bit more just to collect a little bit more data, see where we're at, be mindful of micronutrients, make sure we're getting our protein. And it's not, a I, I am good. I am bad either way, whether she's tracking or she's not. And that's a really cool place to be. And she got here through a lot of her own work, you know, so not taking credit for it, but just, I think it's cool. Like just seeing other people, like be able to kind of move through it. It kind of helps you see like, oh, I can do this too. Well, and this is what we had talked about in our conversation. Um, Well, to build on that, I just want to say that I think it is, if you want to find like a a median is like, you know, just make sure you're getting your protein in and maybe you can just track that. If you're trying to let off the gas pedal a little bit with trying to track every little thing, you know, getting your protein requirement in is probably going to be like the most beneficial, especially if you're still struggling with like, um, you know, like binging or just trying to find that healthy balance. But, um, oh, I lost my train of thought of what I was going to say on that. Um, oh, well, <laughs> tracking, not tracking. I don't, I don't remember. Rewind. <laughs> It'll come up. There's so yeah. much we can say around this topic. It's, it is a lot. And, oh, I mean, it's just, it's very nuanced. And, oh, I know what I was going to say. One of the things that we had back and forth with our conversation was, you want to have a healthy food relationship coupled with that knowledge because you want to be able to flip the switch when you need to. And that that was something that I I had said about flipping a switch because a lot of women, 
will come to me and I I'll realize through my assessment that they have, um, they don't have the best, uh, they don't have the healthiest food relationship. And then some of them maybe want to do a show. And I think they think that that's going to get them to their goal body and also fix that food relationship. And I know from somebody who was, um, you know, competing and, and sort of in that mindset for many years, if you don't heal that food relationship, you will eventually have to heal that food relationship. Like you have to figure out normal and balance at some point. Yeah. So many people just want that rigid structure because then they have to adhere to it. And it is a built-in control. And that way they don't have to think they don't have to be in control. It's just, they follow the plan. Right. And then eventually, right, we're, we're going to be done competing or it's going to be the off season. There's going to be more flexibility. And, and then what? Right. Right. And you have to know how to handle that. So, um, you know, and, and some of that's like, you know, doing things portion control. So portion control may not necessarily meet all of your macronutrients, but you can do that within the time frame of a day more so, or, you know, or a whole meal or a week or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, and that's okay because you, unless your goal is to be extremely rigid and have like, you know, some women will pull up Instagram influencers and say like, I want to look like this person. And it's like, well, this person does fasted cardio every day. They don't ever deviate from their plan. Um, they're probably sort of hangry and tired and not as happy as, you know, they look on social media, like the level of discipline is probably not what you want to be at. Um, you know, if you gave in about 20% and you have a little bit higher body fat, you'd be a little bit happier, you know, et cetera. So like it's letting go and being okay with it, but finding that place where you're okay with it. And the only way that you can step on the gas pedal and break and, and go back and forth between this is if you have that, like that healthy food relationship, you have to, you have to have that. Otherwise you're kind of stuck. And then there's shame if you deviate from your perfect plan and, and, you know, the whole cycle continues. Yeah. Um, I think it's like uh, that trust too, in your, in yourself, like to make the choices and then your body too. Um, I know like that was really big for me. It was just like, you know, having like say an untracked meal, like just making myself do it, even if I was super uncomfortable about it. And, you know, the next day waking up, seeing like my body didn't blow up. Like I wasn't like ravenously hungry, like nothing happened. Like it, I live to tell the tale. And I feel like that exposure therapy is so important Um, I mean, like you mentioned like portion control, like for, for some people, like maybe like if you struggle with like binge eating or like overeating certain foods, like making yourself have a little bit every day or multiple times a week. And so that like novelty wears off. Sometimes that can be really helpful. Yeah. It's important to know that one meal or one day of meals isn't going to undo your progress any more than one day of dieting is going to get you to your, your goal. That, that perspective, like, I feel like that's like the aha moment, right? Like, have you seen like the graphics and it's like six days of salad and then one day of burger and then like six days of burger and one day of salad, like it kind of shows you like, 
okay, like expectations here, you know, versus reality. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. And I talk about this all the time. And this is how I work with my with my clients is, like you said, the exposure therapy, life presents opportunities all the time for us to make choices about how closely we're going to stick to our plan or how much we're going to practice swapping or portion control meals, untracked meals, like this type of thing that we can't have all the control for. And those are opportunities to seize and practice and reflect on and see how you react to them. And like you said, wake up the next morning and live to tell the tale. Like, oh my gosh, I had two slices of pizza and a beer. And the next day, like I was able to um, you know, do like everything was fine. You know what I mean? So, um, but the, I mean, the problem comes with, um, you know, when you start labeling foods, good and bad, and you can't have them and then you overeat them. And, you know, now you've eaten like a whole pizza and four beers. And then you're like, oh, this food is bad. And it's like, no, it's the dose does make the poison. Like, is it ideal? Pizza doesn't have, you know, you're not meeting your, right requirements but you know again was it something that you needed because you just wanted to deviate you really like it you enjoyed it are you with people like you have to think about all the reasons why food isn't just fuel you know right yeah Yeah, context context yes absolutely um so I have to find out where we are here um So, you know, let's talk about some of the things that people can do to, um, you know, going through the holidays, how can they work on this, not be stressed about food, um, that type of thing. I, I'm going to start with one and then we can kind of go through that. But one of the things I want to say as best you can is to keep up with your workouts. I think that you can get, um, you know, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes you're planning parties all day, et cetera, et cetera. But if you can keep the rest of your, um, you know, your plan pretty much on plan, um, I think skipping your workouts just because like, it can be stressful. You can be overeating at different things. You, it kind of helps you work through, um, some of the high sodium and carbs and everything else meals that you're not normally eating. So I just, I think staying on track with most of your plan is really important. Yeah. I like that. I think it's just, it, it's something to keep you grounded, right? Like if the rest of the the weeks and, and days are just busy, it's like, okay, I still have my four scheduled training sessions and maybe some days they're, you know, 45 minutes instead of 60 or 30 instead of 45, you know, whatever it is to, to just get it done and get that you time in. Um, I like, you know, really thinking ahead, like, how do I want to feel like going into this, this meal or this party? Like, what is like, how, because sometimes like some people have a lot of parties to go to or in a lot of holiday meals. So like, which are the ones that are like most important to you? Like maybe the work cocktail hour, you do want to like, just drink water and, you know, eat a meal before and chat and get out of there. But the family party, you do want to have a, you know, a slice of pie and, you know, a glass of wine or two. And that one is more important to you. So like kind of prioritizing ahead of time of like, which ones am I gonna quote unquote stress about? And then which ones am I just gonna do my own thing, stay on plan 
and, you know, move on. Yeah, I definitely, I love that. The holidays are a lot of times when you're not getting foods that you would normally get. So like if your grandma makes cookies that you just love or whatever it is on the flip side of that, I always like to remind people that you don't have to eat something you don't like, you know, right. <laughs> like, if yeah, you- like don't eat the mashed potatoes if you hate them. Like, <laughs> Right, exactly. Or if the dessert, you took a bite of it and you didn't like it. I know a lot of us grew up in times where it was like, you know, sort of poverty and you're like, you don't waste food, but I can't say this enough. You know, my mom said this to me a couple of years ago. She was like, if you eat food that you don't need, you're also wasting it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's a good point. So, I mean, just a reminder, um, and I hope that people don't get um, pressured too much to be like, eat, eat, eat. I know. And that's what's hard too about like, and and if you're listening, like hear this, like it is hard. And sometimes I like struggle a little bit to give holiday advice to like the masses because we all have different family dynamics. We all like some of us don't have family or anyone to spend the holidays with. So for you, like it might be helpful to, you know, practice more self-care or, you know, I think sometimes like little things like volunteering or really thinking about like, for me, like a big part of all of this was it, it's not about the food. Like, yes, food is a part of these experiences and learning it was okay that I could just eat a cookie and for no other reason, just to eat the cookie because it's Christmas. But at the same time, like what, what is this holiday season about for you? Like, is you know, and, and really kind of honing in on that. So like maybe donating or donating your time, volunteering, um, you know, focusing on like just kind of that giving spirit, I find it to be really helpful, gratitude practices, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There was a, I don't want not to toot my own horn, but I, I just had this a couple of weeks ago at the store, the girl in front of me, I don't, I don't know what it was. She had a little baby. She, I don't, I have no idea if she was like single mom or whatever. Um, I ended up buying her groceries for her. I don't know what compelled me, but yeah, she like cried. She, yeah, it was so sweet. And I just thought, you know, back when I was much poorer and I was single momming it with Anna, I had somebody pay um, around Christmas time, like $160 worth of groceries and Christmas presents for me. And so like, I always think about stuff like that. Like those things are you know, everybody needs a boost, whatever it could be, whether it's a coffee or whatnot. But yeah, I agree. And I think this was part of what I was thinking about when you did your post too, is that like, maybe your goal is to just not be so food focused and really focused on the event. Um, And maybe it won't be this year, but I think every year you're going to be able to look back and see like, remember when all I thought about was planning ahead and making sure that I brought something, um, that I was going to be able to eat, which I think is a great idea. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, if that's something that you feel like you need, um, I know still, like I have been stressed out about stuff when I walk in thinking that I'm going to be okay with the meal. And there's like literally nothing that I would want to eat. And I think, oh, I could have planned ahead about this a little bit, but you know, again, you make do it's one time, And, you know, next time you just remember like, oh, this particular situation, I probably want to plan for if I don't want to have the same situation happen again. But for the most part, yeah, it's that the growth that you see, um, you know, so maybe looking at the holidays, like um, 
uh, like this is, this is an opportunity to look back and see how far I've come, um, when I, how I treat this situation. So, yeah, that was a big shift for me in like 2016, 2017 was like, okay, I'm not going to make this day about the food. I'm going to make it about everything else, but the food. And like, I was still like very much had like fear foods then, but like you said, as the years progressed, the more I went into it with that mentality, the more I was okay with being flexible or, you know, whatnot. And, and just better able to kind of like roll with the punches, like you said, because there definitely will be meals where you where you go, where you'll go in or I'll still go into it. I'm like, Ooh, like everything's mixed together. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all in casseroles. Yeah. Like, what do I do here? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think too, like when even family members, if they know that if this is something that you've struggled with and they see it, like, I mean, my mom is very much like, I know I have my brother and my cousins are vegetarian. I think people will, as long as you're lighthearted about the situation, like, I think people will accommodate you to, um, you know, to a point of, you know, I think as long as you're not like a brat about it. Right. Like, I mean, like, for example, like I've, you know, asked my mom before, like, Hey, like the green beans, can you just not put any butter on them? And she's like, yeah, like, no problem. I'll just put, you know, spray butter on the side for people that want it. Right. Like no big deal. We don't do green bean casserole. So thank God. But <laughs> that's like the one I just look at it. I'm like, nah. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I know. And my mom's always like that too. She's like, I know you don't really like casseroles. And I'm just like, well, I just like, I still have gotten really into the, like, I like having a, a meat and a carb and a yes, vegetable. Yes. <laughs> so. Well, not- and that's, that's what kind of makes me think too, like, depending on the party and the situation, bring one thing that you are comfortable with. If you're kind of struggling and working on your relationship with food, like maybe you bring a shrimp cocktail for, you know, an appetizer or the veggie tray or offer to bring a salad or like this year, like I made an, a turkey breast. So we had extra leftover white meat and then, you know, whatever, like just kind of offering to help and bring things that you're okay with eating too. And other people will probably enjoy as well. Um, is a good strategy. You know, and I, I like, I'm a big dessert person. So if I want to have a good dessert there, I will bring it myself. You know what I mean? Like, that's the same thing too. Like if I want a great splurge to have there, then I'm going to bring it myself. So then I know it's something that. Yeah. And make sure you fully enjoy it. And yeah. Right. For sure. One of the things that I do like to do is, and I like to remind people is don't try to save up your calories all day so that you can eat them at this party because you hundred percent will overeat because you're starving. So, you know, eat your normal meals. Um, I would like to even say like, sometimes I'll eat a chicken breast and like a low fiber wrap just before I go so that I have, make sure that I get my protein. Like we said, in case there's not, in case there's only casseroles and I can eat right. salad yeah. and, whatever. and then I'll eat salad and dessert probably is what will happen. So like, you know, having a little protein or a protein shake before you go, even just kind of make sure you don't go in starving because like, I mean, you're given this buffet of food, you will dive in head first. Yeah. You're going to go in like feeling anxious because you haven't eaten like yeah. not good. I, I I'm the same. I tell people to like focus on protein and fiber, you know, for breakfast and lunch or, you know, breakfast, if it's like an earlier kind of thing. Um, 
have a protein shake before you go water, like really focus on water, you know, throughout the day. Yep. Yep. I know. And you know, I'm going to be honest, like I still, there's still hangups. There's still things that I have or like little rules in my head about stuff. I don't like, like, I would rather eat a, uh, uh, an untracked dinner than like an untracked breakfast. Cause I don't like starting my day, like not being on my like sort of normal schedule. I'm not saying that I couldn't do it and be okay with it, but, um, it's just like what I, well, and that's what, like, if you have a boundary and that's your boundary, like you go to the event and you have coffee, like, and you socialize and move on, you know? And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, ideally do we have no fears like right but I think like just being honest with yourself meeting yourself where you're at and trying your best to make decisions out of like that abundance mentality so in that example like maybe this isn't necessarily what you do but maybe the the fear mentality is you avoid and don't go all together whereas like the abundance mentality is I'm gonna go I'm gonna be present I'm gonna you know have my coffee and you know move on like I don't know yeah. Yeah. I know. And it, and again, I think it comes from practicing those situations because like in the long run, y- you know, like what you would have done differently or that your choice worked out well, and you can do it again. Like the, I think the only way to get through these things is to actually make yourself uncomfortable, like any, like anything else in life, really. <laughs> That's what's so hard. Like when people are, are, and if you're listening to this and like, you're like, well, what's the secret? It's like, it really is just wrapping your head around it beforehand that it might be uncomfortable the first couple of times. And just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean that you're out of control. It doesn't mean that, you know, this is, you know, the end of the world. It doesn't mean that it will always be uncomfortable. Um, Yeah. And just putting yourself out there. If you like, if you are like, lucky enough where like we were saying like our moms like no or you know maybe you have a friend that's you know kind of in on you know your routine or whatever like kind of leaning into those people for support like and, and focusing on like your conversation with conversations with them focusing on like the experience of like maybe you share a dessert with someone if that's you know something you want to try to do and and you know using those people for support systems can be helpful too yes yep absolutely um so some of the things that I had, okay, so keep up with your workouts, get enough sleep. Um, sleep will always impact hunger hormones. So if you can, um, stay on track with your sleep schedule and make sure that you're getting enough sleep, it helps with stress and anything else as well. So, and also just like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, whatever you're doing, the little bit of effort that you're putting into like extra that's stressing you out probably is going to go unnoticed by most people. And so, you know, um, one of the things I wanted to mention that you had talked about for before that when we were talking about tracking foods, you were saying, um, one of the things that you said that even if you, um, what did you say? You, you Oh, so even if you are tracking the food, it doesn't mean it's accurate. So I know this is hard to hear, but if you go out to eat and you, you know, weigh out your steak and, you know, eyeball the potato and measure it and and log it in my fitness pal, there's still a margin of error, right? There's still, you know, maybe the chef didn't put a lot of butter on the green beans, but he put a quarter teaspoon of olive oil, you know, and it's like, yeah, that's super marginal and it doesn't matter, but like it's, it's not going to be accurate, right? It's never going to be a hundred percent accurate. 
even if you weigh out an apple, like there's still going to be little margins of error, right? Like what was the soil quality when that apple was harvested or whatever. But I think just kind of like knowing that it's, it's almost, it's never going to be perfect. So like, don't try like, and be okay with it not being perfect. Right. I think also kind of create some perspective and helps you stay grounded. Yep. Yep. You don't know what they're going to do, what they're doing with the food. Like even, um, you know, how food is pre- like meats are prepared, like a grilled chicken is going to be more calorie dense per ounce than steamed chicken because it has more moisture in it. You know, all these types of things that you could lose your mind over if you started thinking about all the little details, like even when and people do lose your mind over it. And like, if you're there, like I see you, like yes. I've been that person that wouldn't uh-huh. eat tuna because I didn't know how much water I drained out of it. And that's just like, it's no way to live. And like, right. Wait, what did you just say? You did what? I wouldn't like tuna fish. Like it would say like on the side, like, like 113 grams drained is this amount of calories or this amount of protein. I'd be like, well, I drained it, but like, how much do I drain it? And like, just like, like these mind games that you can totally play. And that's not what tracking macros or flexible dieting is about. Well, and even being trying to be the most accurate with weighing too. Cause I remember like some of the things are like a cup of cereal or a cup of ice cream, you know, and then, or even a tablespoon of peanut butter. But then if you weigh it, it doesn't weigh the same as the measurement. And so you're like, okay, we'll always weigh it. But then you're like, but even if I weigh it, like it might not be prepared the same or whatever. So, um, yeah. And I was thinking about like gum too, like people tracking, you know, which I guess if you're eating like four or five packs of gum, yeah, that is going to end up being, I have such an issue with that though, because it's like, why are you eating that much gum? Like, why are you chewing that much gum? Right. What's the bigger problem here that needs yeah, to be? Like, why are like, are we that anxious that we're like, uh, chain smoking or chain chewing gum? Like, but I, but I remember, you know, back in the day where it'd be like, oh, a cup of tea, five calories. You know what I mean? Oh, I remember freaking out about a mint, like, yes. or like, this is terrible. Like, God bless me. Like communion, like, oh, yeah. I would do calories are in the body of Christ. I, I would do that too. Like, it would be <laughs> like, like maybe I ate, you know, I ate too much on Friday and Saturday and I was just like, okay, I'm back on my plan. And then I, we'd go to church and I'd be like, we're having communion today or we're having like, um, you know, like, a uh, what is it called? We call it at our church now table to table, but this was back in the day. But when we would have like meals, we like a potluck and I'd be like, okay. oh, like we're having a potluck on the day. Like I was trying to get back on track. Like which I mean, again, it goes back to that, like, you know, being in the the present mindset of not wanting, like, what am I doing today? How am I handling this? Am I still, you know, progressing with my goals? Um, nothing is really going to set you far back. It's like, and my other thing is too, learning about maintenance is important because you're going to be spending most of your life in maintenance. So you have to know what balance feels like. You have to know, you know, what it feels like to be hungry and full and, um, you know, your body's views about things. And understand we maintain our calories within a range. Yes. If you, and just in general, like 
and I, I touched on this before, but that trust with your body, like, I mean, using the example of like the mint or the Eucharist, it's like, okay, like we're talking max five calories. Right. You really think your body is that like sensitive that that's going to make or break you? Like, yeah. no, like bodies are smart. Like we don't have to control them. Like we don't have to like manipulate and control them all the time. We can trust them. We can work with them. I mean, you, you are your body, right? So I, I think like just trying to approach things that way too. And like, not always trying to manipulate things or like be so in control because you really can completely out of control. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it, it always, I mean, I still, I still have these aha moments where it's like, um, yeah, your body does compensate for an excess amount of calories and I will, I'll notice it. Like I said, usually it's on the weekends or like if Anna, you know, Anna and I will have something a little bit more, let's say indulgent on a Friday or a Saturday. So like, say we had pizza on Saturday night, Sunday in church, I'd notice I'm like, I'm like swinging my legs and like tapping and she's like touch. She's like, why are you so fidgety? And I'm like, my body is like, I had more calories than I normally would. And it, I just naturally am moving more the next day. Mm-hmm. Like that's what happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Bodies are cool. <laughs> They're so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I had, okay. Um, try not to stress, bring a dish you like, eat the special things. If you don't like it, don't eat it. Um, stop labeling foods good and bad. One of my biggest pet peeves is people saying, oh, I shouldn't like, I shouldn't have that. Um, if you don't want it, that's totally fine. But also they say that more for you than they like, like, or for them than they say it, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, I don't want you to judge me. Like, I know this is quote unquote bad. It's like, I didn't even notice like, (laughs) right. Well, and what I, what I have noticed that is that like, again, like you're not going to, you're not going to gain 10 pounds from one slice of cheesecake. It's maybe it's special or something like it's homemade. The other thing is sometimes, and I know I've done this too, because I, I wouldn't want to eat something that I shouldn't eat in front of other people, but then I would go home and like binge on Oreos or something because I felt bad because I, um, rejected some food that I probably like that I wanted in the first place. So like, if you want it, eat it, but like also be mindful. You don't have to finish it. Like there's just working through stuff that way. That's, that's a huge binge trigger for people. It's like, if you would have just let yourself enjoy it and have it in the moment, Yes. You know, usually so much better than like holding off, holding off, holding off. Yes. Um, the other one is too, that we see a lot. Um, I want to say you don't have to earn your food and you don't have to burn off your food, but that's like one of the whole burning off, like the calorie trackers and everything is super annoying anyways, because they're so inaccurate. So Mm -hmm. like, just because your watch says you burned 400 calories and your slice of pie was 400 calories. Like, like, no, don't be doing all that math, you know? No, don't do that. Definitely don't do that. That's like my big thing is like, I'm big on like being active, getting movement in because most people just feel better when they're not slugging around all day. Like, you know, get a couple, you know, get a couple thousand steps in, in the morning, get a workout. in if your gym is open, but don't do it from the perspective of, of I'm 
you know, I'm burning calories so I can eat more later because it's just, it's, that's just a nasty place to be in. And like, you don't, you don't earn your food. Like we're not a dog. Like, yeah. and I don't even like who thinks about their dog that way. Like, Oh, I'm going to walk you so you can eat later. Like, right. hopefully not. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, though, a good um, a good suggestion is just because, you know, maybe you are eating more to go for a 10 minute walk. Um, I mean, that just helps with digestion and it helps with that insulin spike. So you don't get the crash or whatever. Yeah. And it helps you get out of the house like post meal, post holiday meal walk. Absolutely. Um, Another thing is, too, if you find yourself continuing to eat, you know, step away from the food is another, you know, another thing I always had. My thing was always I would floss my teeth like I I'm an obsessive tooth flosser. I honestly I floss after every single meal and it drives me crazy if I can't. But it's also kind of always been a signal for me that I'm done eating. And then usually I'll pop a piece of gum in my mouth or like get like a hot tea beverage or something like that. So, um, you know, these are just behaviors to work through at the time. Maybe they'll stick. Maybe they won't. But if yeah, those are good if you find yourself continuing to eat, um, maybe you need a, like a signal thing to make it done to, to, to be done with eating, you know, snacking on food for a little while or whatever. Totally. And I like that you just kind of said, like, it may not work. It might work. Like you got to experiment a little bit and you may not need to do these things forever. Like, but maybe there are tools that you, you pick up and, and some stick around and some don't. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's important to remember when you are like sort of recovering, um, you won't always do the things that you kind of had to make yourself do in order to not fall into bad patterns. Um, but, um, some of them stick around and they're, and they're fine. And, um, you know, some of them won't. So, um, because eventually I think you get to a point like, oh, I can stand here by the, food and I don't need to eat it. You know what I mean? But maybe when you're working through it, um, you're like, oh, I have to have gum in my mouth right now because otherwise I'm going to keep reaching for something. And that that's okay. Like it, this can take, it might take years. Um, it might take months. It might take one, you know, one holiday to like work on some of these things and you'll be able to apply them next year. Like you, like you're never, you're never behind, right? Like you're always on time with your journey. I feel like that's important for people to understand, um, as well. I agree. Yeah. It's just always looking for areas like, you know, to grow in or being introspective enough to say like, how did that go? Like, how do I want it to be next year or, or next party or whatever? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just had written this. If you want to change your behavior, you do need to pay attention to it. And um, reforming habits doesn't happen by accident. So you might have to be more intentional at this time. (laughs) Sarah has a puppy. (laughs) Yeah. Here is talking about him. (laughs) But um, I think, yeah, eventually we get to a point where like you had said, and I had said, like think, I just feel kind of normal, which is wild. Like, I don't think I ever could have thought that I would feel normal about food. Um, you know, so it's like the coolest and we, we, (laughs) we, we want, and we want that for everybody. So, and you know, 
Yeah. So I know, Sarah, you work with people. I work with people um, on a, on a level, obviously not like an eating disorder level, but um, you know, emotional eating and practicing. And this is what I do with a lot of my clients is um, we have them work through situations and then we talk about it. And um, in the, they have some accountability with a coach, but this is something that they will, will practice the behaviors and they'll be able to do on their own, just like you are doing and I am doing. Yeah. Yeah. So is there um, anything else that you have to add? I think that's it. I just like, I really just hope anyone like listening to this, like took some like practical things away and then also just can hear between like both of our experiences and, and journeys that like it can be different and it will be different and, you know, keep your foot on the gas, give yourself some grace and yeah. I don't, I think it's never too late because, you know, I know we all know people who spend like their whole lives, um, you know, working, you know, dealing with stuff like this and whether you, whether, you know, it took you, how old are you? 26? 27. 27. Yeah. 27. You know, I'm going to be 48 in the spring and it's like, you know, I'm glad that this happened now. Um, would I have wished that it was, you know, healthier sooner? Of course, but I'm also not like 75 and still like hating myself and trying to be an almond mom or something, (laughs) something like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, all right, cool. Well, you guys know where to find us and you can find the podcast wherever you listen to um, podcasts and I'll also put it up on my YouTube. So we hope that everybody has a really wonderful holiday season and you're able to enjoy um, the company and the food. Yeah. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, for sure. And we will be back for January. Um, So yeah. Remember that healthy looks different on everybody. Thanks guys. Thank you.